Hey friends, I'm Taylor and welcome to Taylor Asks a Question. I'm so thankful that you are here listening and joining me in my curiosities. We have more access to each other than at any other time in history, and yet we have never been more disconnected in our real life relationships. So let's connect. We'll discuss the wide spectrum of life's questions. We'll go from what are you binging on Netflix to how do you explain why bad things happen to good people? My hope is that these conversations will bring you joy, encourage you to lead out with compassion, help you discover the beauty and community, and most importantly, that the gospel of Jesus would go forth from this tiny corner of the world. Let's start asking questions. Happy Reformation Month. So on today's episode, I'm joined by my two friends, Josh and Nicole Cross. We are going to discuss a bit about Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation because October isn't just the month of Halloween. Josh, Nicole, and I discuss how this doctrine changed how we view the world, the depth of grace that God has for us, and I hope to lovingly challenge what you might believe about the sovereignty of God through Reformed theology. So generally, what is Reformed theology? Well, here's what gotquestions.org says. Broadly speaking, Reformed theology includes any system of belief that traces its roots back to the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Of course, the Reformers themselves trace their doctrine to scripture as indicated by their credo of sola scriptura. So Reformed theology is not a, quote, new belief system, but one that seeks to continue apostolic doctrine. Generally, Reformed theology holds to the authority of Scripture, the sovereignty of God, salvation by grace through Christ, and the necessity of evangelism. It is sometimes called covenant theology because of its emphasis on the covenant God made with Adam and the new covenant which came through Jesus Christ. So, they're a really great resource. I love gotquestions.org. They have a million questions. You can just go to their website and type in anything about biblical doctrine. Um, So remember, we are tackling this topic and it's so complex. So I just am asking that you would be really gracious to us because we have never really discussed this topic in this sort of context or format before. Um, So it's not super easy to communicate. So yeah, just lots of grace for us as we, as you listen to this episode. Um, but please see the show notes and I have maxed out the amount of, um, text that I can put in the show notes, um, to add resources for you guys. So please take advantage of that and, um, check out the, the resources there. Also, there will be a giveaway. So please don't forget to check out the show's Instagram page for that contest. Um, like, subscribe, review, give a review for the show, a five-star review if you feel like it. Um, And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. So buckle up, friends. Hey, friends. Welcome to the show. Today, I am here with two of my friends, Joshua and Nicole Cross, and uh, Nicole is making her debut or her visit. She's making her second visit appearance on the show. 
And she also has Haddon again. Yes, he is my two so month you... old. So sorry if there's any weird noises. <laughs> he may be gassy. It's fine. We're comfortable with it. Not a big deal. But if you heard the Twilight episode, there was a there an was there was an appearance there. <laughs> he made himself known. <laughs> and then Josh, this is your uh, debut on the show. Welcome. Hello. So- <laughs> <laughs> yes we'll see if well, this is my last <laughs> oh no if you I, I will force you to do this again for sure you got a lot of great wisdom in you um so we are here to talk about reformation day it is october which is reformation month and october 31st to many is known as halloween but to reformers it is reformation day um, so Josh, we're gonna we are here drinking Oktoberfest beer. Yes. <laughs> and it, the Lord said it is good. And um Josh is gonna read a Martin Luther quote yeah, in uh, the, about about beer. Yes, in the wise words of <laughs> Martin Luther, uh whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let, let us, us drink, drink beer. beer. That's excellent. That was a great clink, by the way. That was that was awesome. Okay, so um, I (laughs) we are tackling reformed theology, essentially, but I just want to give a huge disclaimer that uh, this is such a huge, huge topic. It is so multifaceted and very layered. And it is something that I know for me personally, and I know that for Josh and Nicole, it is something that took us months, if not years, if not, I am still very much understanding and learning so, so much about the Reformation in general. Um, So if this, so this conversation is meant to just be like a dip your toe in the water and an overview of what Reformed theology is and why the Reformation is so important or should be so important to Christians. Um. So again, thank you. I didn't say this, but thank you guys for joining me to tackle this big topic. <laughs> yeah. And um, we're going to share a little bit about our stories and, and how God reformed us. But first, as just a, a quick overview of it, um, the Reformation is essentially um, was something that um, in 1519, Martin Luther nailed uh, the 95 Theses to the door of the Catholic Church, which... Um, I heard that it is rumored that that he actually nailed it to like the door of a church in in Germany where he is from and that oh was it wasn't really the church door but it was but if you look at church history the the doors of churches had it was like a bulletin board so people nailed things to the doors all the time so if you've if if you've heard otherwise as I've heard that that is actually true which is interesting to think of church doors just having bulletins nailed to their outside of their doors. But um, anywho, so it was essentially through studying scripture, he found where the Catholic church was not adhering to um, essentially biblical standard. And so this 95 theses were 95 things of correction um, where they were essentially, I would say abusing scripture in, in a lot of different ways, because at the time, um, lay people did not have access to them, because um, I believe everything was in Latin. 
um, they couldn't the read it. Yeah, they couldn't read it. And, yeah. And Luther wasn't just a outsider. I mean, he was he very was a, knowledgeable yes. of the Catholic Church. He was a, a Augustinian monk. Yes, he was a monk. He yeah. was a law student. Went to a law student turned mm -hmm. monk. So this was not just someone who had the ability to read and write and understand scripture, but someone who lived this life. So he is a uh, very reliable source, if you will. And it's funny because I think, wow, 95 is is a lot, but I had someone else say only 95. I can't imagine that 95 was, there might've been more. Um, so the main, um, one of the more popular parts of this 95 theses that, that has, that came out of that. And, and these were things he wanted to debate with the Catholic church, I believe, right? The 95 right. theses, yes. different things that, yeah, it was, things here's, that he noticed. Here's yeah. where, here's where you're not, I, I think it's also like, were they taking, um, the Catholic church was taking penance. Is mm -hmm. that what they were? Yeah. Selling indulgences. Yeah. Selling indulgences yeah. and just really taking advantage of the fact that people, not everyone had access to scripture nor understood it. They trusted the, the Catholic priests at, and bishops at the time. And that was unfortunately not happening because they are human and sinners and that happens sometimes. Um, so Luther did this, wanted to have this discussion. And then in response to that, um, the Council of Trent um, occurred. So there is a really great book written um, about Martin Luther's life by Eric Metaxas. And I'm going to leave um, a link to that book um, in the show notes if you want to read that. I'm just starting to read that actually in our book group. So I'm really excited to learn a lot more about Martin Luther. It's a um, I've heard it's a very well-known biography on Martin Luther. So I will leave uh, the show notes or that in the show notes so you can study more about him. And along with that, you can look up the Council of Trent. You can look up, um, <clears throat> excuse me, information about Martin Luther. And I will leave a couple of really great links to what is Reformation Day and um, uh, more information about this. Um, popular version or portion of the 95 theses known as the five solas. So those are uh, sola. So uh, sola essentially means alone. So you could also say the five alones. Um, so sola scriptura, which is scripture alone. Sola fide, which is faith alone. Sola gratia, which is grace alone. Sola Christus, which is Christ alone, and Sola Deo, Deo Gloria, which is to the glory of God alone. And so the phrase that comes from those is the way that Protestants now, many, view salvation, which is faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone, according to scripture alone, and to the glory of God alone. So... This again, the, the, those those words are those are Latin. So I don't know Latin, but we I I'm just saying this is going to be so overview. We're barely touching on what these five solas are. But if you've never heard of it, um, if you've never heard of Reformed theology, if you've never heard of the ninety five theses or the five solas, you are certainly not alone because <laughs> up until. Mm, 10 or 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, 10, we didn't either. 
and we are all in our 30s. And so this is definitely, that's part of why I wanted to have Josh and Nicole on specifically is because we all, this is something that God did in us and in sanctifying us, which is growing us gradually and making us more into the image of Christ. Uh, we all experienced in different ways. And it's something that because it is Reformation Month, I thought it would be appropriate to, again, just share an overview um, and share our story so you can kind of understand why this was so, I mean, literally life-changing for all of us and how we view mm -hmm. God. Nicole, do you, Nicole, Josh, I mean, Nicole and mine, our stories, because we were really close when we were younger, ours are pretty intertwined. And so, um, Nicole, do you want to give a quick background about your life and um, kind of lay a foundation for, so the people can get to know you a little better? Uh, sure. <laughs> they already know my Twilight mm -hmm. life, so. <laughs> true, true. This was before you were reformed. Uh, no, part of it. What do you mean? The Twilight stuff? Yeah. No, actually. Well, no, I started the Twilight thing before I was reformed mm. and then, um, kind of went through it as this, that's why I got convicted. That's right. And then that's oh. why I saw it as idol, you know, idol worship because oh. of my new reformed lens. So wow. it's all connected. All right. Well, <laughs> check out episode six of yep. Twilight Team Edward versus Team Jim. Uh, for that story. But anywho, okay. So my name's Nicole. Um, I have been born and raised in church. That's all I've ever known. Mm -hmm. My parents were going before I was born actually to the church I we attended. I attended for 21 years. Mm -hmm. So I was a part of the same church family for a really long time. Uh, Taylor and I actually met uh, through a mutual friend around what 16, 16 17 yeah. no 16 mm -hmm. and um we really connected when she got married and the other friend the other so friend. there was three of us yes yes the other friend got married the mutual friend got married yes. and kind of left us in the dust because we were 19 <laughs> she was very young so <laughs> anyways mm. so Taylor and I really connected became really good friends we ended up doing an internship within this same church Mm -hmm. and full-time internship mm -hmm. really brings you close together. You spend hours upon hours together. If you have ever interned, you know that we're not lying. And if you <laughs> are an intern, we feel you. <laughs> yeah, so we interned for our church, mm -hmm. and um, when that ended, we moved in together. Mm -hmm. We got our first apartment. We mm -hmm. experienced a lot of firsts together. Well, because so, when you're with someone, like, five, six days a week, most very long hours, it's it was like most nicer to be like, well, you're going to go to my house, your house. I'm going to go to your house. And then we'll see you again at 8 a.m. It was just like, mm -hmm. so we we're like, we pretty much live together. So anyway. Yeah. So anyways, mm -hmm. um, God, it was, it, it was hope, great growing up in a Christian church. But mm -hmm. looking back, I even recently found some old letters in our garage when we were clearing out our garage. <laughs> oh, boy. And don't get into that. Um, <laughs> or maybe get into it. I don't know. But one of them was kind oh. of an entry, and I, read, I was reading it to my husband. I had to be a teenager, and I was really pouring out my heart about, like, I want to love Jesus, but I don't understand how I'm not like, like other people. 
Oh, I don't think I told you about this. You didn't. And I, Josh was like, exclusive. wow, this is, you're really pouring out your heart here. And I was just going on and on about how I wanted to love Jesus, how other, I saw other people love Jesus right. and I strived for it and I was working, but I just couldn't understand why it wasn't working. You can like emotion, emotive. Yeah. It, I just, it was so shallow. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. so I had always secretly felt that, but I knew I loved Jesus. Yeah. So I just kept pressing on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, I went through a really dark, horrible season where, um, I broke up with a mutually broke up with a terrible relationship. Um, our youth pastor left who mm-hmm. was a really big part of our lives, yeah. um, through the internship. Um, my parents, he just switched churches. We still love yeah, him. If you're listening, him. we love you. But, <laughs> but he was yeah. an important person. Yes, yes. And then um, my parents, my mm-hmm. family life was falling apart. They had separated and my dad moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So my home life was, you know, really torn apart. And I was the only one at my current church, the church at the time serving and still, you know, being a part of that community. So I felt very alone and yeah. it was so hard to deal with it because, you know, my faith was, you know, a mile wide, but an mm-hmm. inch deep. Mm-hmm. And so, and I couldn't figure out why. And, um, anyways, mm-hmm. through that, um, my, my dad was in Seattle at the time and he, God led him to a church called Mars Hill church disclaimer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you know there's a podcast series about it right now and if you're in the area of seattle (laughs) you've heard about marcel you know what happened Mm -hmm. um however i firmly believe jesus is sovereign and he Mm -hmm. did what he meant to through that church regardless of sin and regardless of what happened regardless of what you think listening it god used that church in in many ways, so many ways. So, and this is how he, you know, Jesus changed me through yeah. his ministry. Yeah. So my dad started going to redemption groups and started, you know, kind of seeking Jesus again. And yeah. then him and my mom decided to reconcile and we're working on it. Mm-hmm. And they both attended Marcel together. Mm-hmm. And so my parents invited me to go to Easter Sunday and I made them come to my church for service because I was like, I'm not missing, you know, my, my service. Church, yeah. And then I went to this Mars Hill. And I will admit, you know, being in a certain denomination, mm-hmm. you can have this unspoken kind of uh, air of looking down on churches that aren't in your network or that you just it's basically you don't really know these other churches yeah, and you don't have sure. a relationship with them. So you just kind of like our church is better. Yes. That's the worst way to put it, it's but it's like pride and arrogance yeah. in some fashion or form. Yeah, for sure. So I really just kind of was, had my nose down about this, whatever this Mars Hill was. And I'm pretty <laughs> positive people probably had talked about it because it was a phenomenon at the time. Yeah. And I subconsciously just picked up on the negative talk about it. And all the, all the ways that, the the sayings that come with reformed theology were said but they were not understood mm-hmm. and were rightly just, or biblically yeah. understood yeah the hostility towards re- reformed theology was very real yes time. so it, i went and it was really different like nothing i had experienced just the <laughs> seattle by ballard you know young people cool people 20 somethings <laughs> yeah and, cool people yeah <laughs> 
and the music was different didn't recognize one word of one song like they certainly didn't do yeah. one song or you know Bethel any of the typical christian music chris tomlin yeah <laughs> so i was just a fish out of water there and mm. uh, mark driscoll came on stage and he started preaching and he i will give it to him mm-hmm. he is a very effective communicator and mm-hmm. you know commands the stage yeah and i he, I think he was preaching on Luke. Uh, it was a Easter message. He wasn't going through any particular series. It was a, you know, Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he was just sharing the gospel. And I remember literally holding back tears the entire mm-hmm. sermon because the words that were coming out of his mouth were just like sinking into my soul. Mm-hmm. And I remember literally the words that popped in my head as I was listening. I was like, this is the fresh water I have been craving. Mm -hmm. Like I had had this like visual of it. Like I'd been in a desert for Mm -hmm. so many years and this was the fresh water. It was like, I was hearing the gospel for the first time. And so um, I knew there was a shift in that moment where I knew I, this is, this is the point where my life changes. Like mm-hmm. I, I have to lay down all of my responsibilities at my current church. Mm-hmm. I need to come here mm-hmm. and I need to study God's word. Mm-hmm. And you did. I, I <laughs> you did. did. <laughs> I took an entire summer and graciously took mm-hmm. my time. Mm-hmm. I didn't want, I, I wish I would have walked through it with, you know, the people that were in our lives a little more. Yeah. Um, we kind of hit it from, you know, like, it, our pastor at the time and his wife and, uh, and yeah. we just weren't like I wasn't loud about it because well, we didn't know what it was either like it right. was just like something we're reading the bible different but well, we don't know what this means and two I was born and raised there like yeah. this was my whole life yeah and these people have known me since I was a child right so this is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So I spent the whole summer, I stepped down from all the ministries I was serving in. And then I started attending Mars Hill. And I'm telling you, like it over the course of a few years, Jesus Mm -hmm. just completely flipped my life upside Mm -hmm. down and changed everything. I remember thinking like, it was really hard to undo everything I thought I knew about Jesus and mm-hmm. scripture and like what God's word was and like rebuild from that point mm-hmm. of what God's word actually like. Oh yeah. Means. So yes. Yeah. And, and I dragged you along on you that did. journey. <laughs> sovereignly, we, sovereignly you did. <laughs> we lived together. So everything that I was learning, I was of course sharing with you. And yeah. And it was, uh, it was wild. I feel like I remember getting text messages from you on that Easter. And it was just like, something is, I don't know what's happening, but like, it was very strange. And yeah, I think you very much had the, I don't remember what our conversations were, but something definitely changed. And it was like you said, like, I feel like I've, I have heard the gospel, like, it, and not to be like, it's like you got saved, but it was like that new, fresh, like, zeal that a new Christian can have. And it was, it was very intriguing. Cause I was like, what, like work, like, what do you mean? Like we read the Bible, like we <laughs> go, we're in church, like we're connected. We, we do all these things. So it was so intriguing and so interesting. And, um, so much of what was different was the idea of like salvation was one of the bigger topics that was a struggle 
And I think the idea <laughs> of predestination specifically was the like oh. sticking point for I, me that was just like really hard to yeah. wrestle with for a long time. It was just like, well, the funny thing was, is I attended Mars Hill for a little bit and actually didn't know they were reformed or what that even was. So remember I was podcasting okay. a yes. ton and then I came across the predestination one and I was like, what? Is this? It, was, it was it was the religion saves <laughs> yes, series okay. religion saves series predestination and um i remember i i had to listen to it well over 25 times mm -hmm. which is a lot mm -hmm. and t take furious notes on it because i could not unravel what i knew about you know that for my whole life about salvation about and salvation how... and how we are saved in our our sin you know yeah and and look at how this guy was talking about it right right it was <laughs> like, so it was what? it was like i said it was language that we did not know no. and i was in the same i i mean my church story is very similar to nicole's and that like well similar as far as our 20s go i wasn't necessarily i was raised like christian kind christian e like christmas and easter didn't really attend regularly as a kid but once I met Nicole and our, our other, um, friend, our other really close friend who we still love and, and are as close to as we can be, she lives in a different state. So, um, but, um, we, uh, I was in church as a lot, like super involved, just like Nicole, we were on the same leadership team for years. We did, like we said, we did the internship together. And so I was still attending this church when she had, gone to Mars Hill and I, I, I stepped, I don't remember the timeline of when I, I stepped down pretty quickly though. Same as you, uh, after you, mm -hmm. like probably, I want to say six months to a year after you, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe even the next summer. I don't remember. Gosh, anything that was like 10 years ago. I just don't, nope. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a blur. People, you know what? I mean, people in your thirties, you get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> what is time? It just, it feels like a different life. That's the other thing. It just feels like we were such different people that it's, I don't know. It's hard to remember. Um, so yeah, so that was, so Nicole shared, I, I feel like the predestination one though, that was like the one that really got me intrigued when you said you listened to that and you showed it to me and we, we kind of started picking it apart and yeah. studying and reading up on things because it just opened up this whole other idea of how like salvation. Yeah. And, I had initially pushed actually, back though. I was like, uh, uh, yeah, we actually <laughs> were very like not okay with it. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with my dad mm -hmm. and when he was arguing for it, cause mm -hmm. he likes to play that devil's egg advocate. So, um, we were pushing back and saying, no, like yeah. that topic was why were we created? And yeah. I was like, well, God wanted us to choose him. Overflow and, of love. you know, he didn't want us to be like the angels. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to give us opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad was like, oh yeah, what the verse angels. is that? And I was like, well, I don't know, but it's in there. It's I in there. Like, I know no, it's I in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But because Classic. when my dad called us out or yeah. called me out, and I couldn't answer. Mm -hmm. I really thought hard and I was like, where did I get that idea? Yeah. Because I knew in my soul, I was like, it's not in scripture. I guess it's not like, <laughs> yeah. Which revealed how poorly we knew our Bible and how poorly we were, how bad we were at apologetics, which is also fine. Not everyone in their early twenties is, but just being right. able to give a defense for what you believe. Yes. We were in a church I bubble too. We didn't uh -huh. really have a ton of 
other friends outside of church. So it was like everyone believed and you were raised and the church culture we were in was everyone believed the same thing. Yes. And nobody really thought differently. No, we never had these types of conversations ever. Right. And so I really thought long and hard. I'm like, I had to figure out where that belief system came Mm -hmm. from. And embarrassingly enough, it was from this uh, play that somebody had made up. And it was like, obviously a gospel play, you know, they used to do that back in the day. Yeah. And it was to share the gospel, but essentially there was like a storyline that was like created. Yeah. And it, it started off with like a war in heaven and, and the angels, they, God didn't want the, you know, humans to be like the angels and to choose him. And, yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? This like, is where I get my That is theology. where I got I I was so humiliated. I was like, I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to know God's word for myself. Like, I can't just coast, Mm -hmm. not study the word and call myself a Christian. Mm -hmm. So that started my journey on really deep diving into God's word. Okay, so Nicole and I's stories are kind of weaved together. And so now, Josh... um, if you could share your story, give us a quick background on your history with being in church and being a Christian. Okay. Yeah. I'll just, let me try to keep this as concise as possible. Mm-hmm. Try to give just an overall, <laughs> yeah. overall view. Um, so yeah, I, I, like Nicole, I grew up in church. Uh, my parents had gone to a Baptist church. I was there uh, all throughout kind of my elementary years. Um, and I think it was later on in my teen years, probably about 19 or so, um, I kind of was out of the Baptist church and um, had moved into being involved in a charismatic church, kind of in that stream. Um, and that is where um, I developed a lot of, you know, love for worship ministry, mm-hmm. uh, getting involved in leadership. I helped out a ton with um, a youth group yeah. and on, you know, Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and even, uh, you know, to an extent went down to Bible college, mm-hmm. um, down in Portland with a few friends of mine, um, you know, did a worship program there as well. Um, and, and came back up <laughs> to help out with, 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 the, the same church that I was at before I moved down to Portland and, um, Tell us about Bible college. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, oh, it, Bible it, it, it's so, it's so interesting because really, okay. I, I, I've never been challenged as much in my theology mm-hmm. or my understanding of the Bible or of what I believe um, as much as I did when I met Nicole. Mm-hmm. She's the one who kind of really spearheaded that stuff for me. Mm-hmm. And it really caused me to look back, you know, through my experience of, I mean, gosh, I mean, you know, uh, you know, 19 years of my life in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a Baptist church, um, and, you know, 10 years of my life in a charismatic church, mm-hmm. looking back, realizing like theology just sadly wasn't an emphasis or an important thing for me mm-hmm. back then. Um, I I got caught up into this idea of chasing after emotion and mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, uh, you, you know, even if somebody were to sit down and try to, you know, ask me, well, what is the gospel? I would probably relate that more to my experience than I would anything actually in scripture belief-wise. Probably same for, y- yeah, I yeah. think, Nicole. You know? yep, same. Yeah. Like, at that point. And, and to be honest, I, you know, I remember experiences. Um, one, ironically, we had had a friend while I was at this charismatic church who started going to Mars Hill. And we, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, we mm-hmm. visited Mars Hill. We, you know, went up there and checked it out. We thought it was, um, you know, kind of, you know, 
big church movements were always mm-hmm. fascinating when you were, you know, especially in a charismatic church and that kind of stuff. Like just, you loved the atmosphere of places and you wanted yeah. to go there to, you know, to take what you could to bring back and, you know, sure. you know, implement those strategies yeah. or those things, you know, because Mars Hill was huge. Yeah. At this it was time. big, it was, man. Uh, yeah. You know, this was probably 2005. We'd go up and visit when okay. we were still in Ballard too. Yeah. You know? So like I said, we had a, a, a mutual friend who had started going to Mars Hill mm-hmm. and kind of from a distance, we just started noticing a, a bit of a change in his demeanor and, mm. and, um, I mean, it sounds terrible to say an arrogance, but, but, but kind of that, you, you know, um, and I just began to correlate that attitude with theology in that it was, um, sadly like a, a divisive thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I think when I went down to Bible college, um, <laughs> and I mean, but, Bible college is a fun environment. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot of, you get a lot of, you know, alpha males in a room together <laughs> discussing theology, you know, granted, whether, it, whether it's, whether it's, <laughs> you, know, you know, Arminian or, or whether it's reform theology, whatever Calvinism, it is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You get a bunch of alpha males in a room, they're going to go at each other and, and all in good fun. Yes. But, but I didn't really understand or see it that way when I was there. I okay. just kind of had this view of theology being divisive and I didn't like the idea of getting into those debates. And I thought they were just kind of tearing each other apart and didn't fully understand the iron sharpens iron aspect of mm. discussing these things. And, you know, either, you know, you, you know, challenging yourself to find the the truth in scripture or, you know, solidifying what you believe in, mm-hmm. in those things. Um, and so I just kind of stuck to my my guns of I just want to be closer to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I did that at the expense of not knowing theology, mm-hmm. which how, how else are you going to know God but Barely. through his word? You know, yeah. and I didn't understand that. Um, and so when I met Nicole, um, it's actually a really funny story. Um, Yes, yes. Uh, while we were dating, I, at the time I, I, I worked at Starbucks. I, that was a job I did all throughout college. It was, you know, I, I um, kept it with me when I moved back up here because um, mm-hmm. it was just easy to, to find work with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked really early in the mornings, mm-hmm. really early in the mornings. Um, and I remember going back into the back room for a break and we had been dating for a little bit, not, not all that long, but, um, Say a month. yeah, probably about a month. And, and I looked at my phone and saw a text message from Nicole and all it said was, we need to talk. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, <laughs> other, no other explanation of what the talk was about or anything. And, you know, typically, you know, a guy, you're going to see that and you're thinking like, oh, well, that's code. This relationship's over. Or a girl. You know, you I know, think that or that's anybody. just yeah. code. We need to talk. So, Something's wrong. So, so that's, you know, all it was kind of on my mind for the rest of the day. Um, and so I was kind of preparing myself mentally to meet back up with Nicole later that evening and, you know, be like, all right, well, I'm going to be back out in the dating world again after this, you know, looking for somebody different. And uh, yeah. And so what actually ended up happening is toward the end of the night, we (laughs) sat there and she's like, you know, okay, so what is this talk, you know, kind of talk about? She goes, so here's the deal. She's like, I'm reformed. <laughs> and like, I just, <laughs> some people I just, may not think that's a big deal. I just remember thinking, puzzle, like, but... I just remember thinking, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, I that's that's great. So, what's the big deal? You know, you know, or you know, I didn't mean you to did. do that. I 
I, it's hard. To, it's funny because when you are reformed, it's really hard to explain to somebody who isn't like, which is why difference, which is why this podcast episode, we're like, this yeah. is an overview. And this is so, so he yeah. was just looking at me like I was insane. Right. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. well, you've already told me that you love me. So it's getting serious. And that's <laughs> why we need to have a chat. This is serious now. <laughs> and I was trying to explain like, um, if, if we are heading towards marriage, like I desire to be united with my husband Mm -hmm. in this perspective. And he didn't get it. He's like, well, we love Jesus. And I'm like, yes, but however, however, (laughs) it affects a lot. Like it affects, cause I'm, I'm going to fall under your leadership and you know, Mm -hmm. um, it determines what church we go to when we have children, they ask us one question. We may have, very different very answers, different answers yeah. you know and so i just really wanted to explain those things to him and i think um you you didn't get it but you chose yeah. to stay well well it, mm. it it caused me to look back and actually try to sort through what i believed and, mm. and all those things i didn't understand you know uh honestly I knew the verbiage reform theology mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. stuff, but I didn't understand a lot of the context behind it. I, I think aside from a five minute rant that one of my pastors gave mm-hmm. against Calvinism, you know, with, you know, or, you know, was all yeah. Understanding. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. You know, it was really that understanding. And so that's when I started to kind of really delve into it and try to understand where you were coming from. And I think initially it's such a, um, strangely, it's just such a culture shock in a sense, kind of a shock to your system. Um, So yes, shock to the system is a really great way to kind of describe, I think, what happened, like what God did, like, I don't want to say to all of us, but to and through and in and all Mm -hmm. those other words, um, in how we specifically view three things in light of the, in light of the five solas and in light of, um, faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone, according to scripture alone, to the glory of God alone, the three things that were so emphasized to me, and I think I can speak for both of you, that it was how we read scripture, what sin is, um, and salvation, and how we are saved. I think those three things were probably the biggest things that were impacted in, in how we lived our lives as Christians. So um, as far as like, maybe we can start with, I mean, scripture and sin to me, pointing out, showing just how depraved we are in scripture was so much more revealed. And I feel like I naturally was like, I'm not that bad. I viewed myself so much as not that I wasn't a sinner, but I just wasn't like that bad Uh of a sinner. (laughs) I literally, like, yeah. yeah, I have memories of actually telling God, like, I'm not that bad. Oh, <laughs> Pharisee? Man. Yeah. No, I literally cringe thinking about it, but I think he's good to keep those memories in mind for me to, like, put me in my place. Right. So, yeah. Because we are filthy rags. And if the kids are around, according, to, whatever, scripture. The, according, to, according scripture, to scripture, according to scripture, <laughs> we are, our, we, our works are <laughs> filthy rags before him. So it's like. That's pretty, pretty bad. Um, Josh, what about you as far as like how you read scripture or how you viewed sin? Like what do you uh, think changed? Well, sin um, specifically uh, just 
the idea of depravity changed my lens as to how I saw certain things in the world. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a, a lot of questions, especially dealing with youth kids, mm -hmm. you know, like I was. Um, there's a lot of questions, really honestly basic stuff, like, mm -hmm. but yet deep at the same time. But uh, like, you know, why, why, why do bad things happen? Mm -hmm. you, you know, why is the world messed up? How can something like Adolf Hitler happen? How can, mm -hmm. you know, you know, the Holocaust or how can, um, these disasters or murders or, or, you know, you know, yeah. whatever it is, how, how do these things happen? Mm -hmm. And, and, and <clears throat> cause I mean, we've been taught, you know, according to where my mind was at, just like you said, I think I kind of had this understanding of, um, us being mostly good, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what was it? Um, the illustration that used to be used, uh, uh, sin was like the chain wrapped around your heart. Yes. Your um, heart is pure. Yeah. Yeah. And then the world becomes the chain <laughs> yeah. and makes you the bad. Sin. And yeah. then Jesus breaks the chain and yeah. you're pure again. When in actuality, you know, you start to learn it and you're like, no, it's sin isn't the chain around your heart. Sin is, is your heart. heart. Yeah. Literally. And, 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 we are born into um, just wickedness. Mm -hmm. And it, it, in a weird way, um, I know a lot of people might think of that viewpoint as being very uh, pessimistic and cool. doom and gloom dark. and yeah, cool, cool and dark. Yeah. But in a weird way, it was probably one of the most freeing things mm -hmm. um, that happened to me recognizing that because truth. yeah yeah recognizing that truth about depravity mm -hmm. and understanding it it just changed yeah it just it was it was it was it was almost like a a, a light kind of flooding mm -hmm. over my my view of of the world mm -hmm. it just made sense you, you know all these evil things that happen that answers all the questions you know um yeah because when you're born <clears throat> into this wickedness yeah and we can do nothing on our own yeah. accord. That's where it's like, okay, well, if we're all this way, then how good is God to even save one of us wicked souls? Yep. Like mm -hmm. your perspective changes. Your, it lot. totally changes. <laughs> it's not a like, you know, the I think that there's a stereotype of reformers or a specifically Calvinists of it that it's God's just like duck duck dam and like some he chooses to send to heaven and but it's not it's not meant that way it's we all fall short of the glory of god every one of us and that is and we deserve we deserve everyone deserves it <laughs> yes so if he would even to save one that is just and generous because and yes because our human minds our hearts cannot comprehend what god's justice is but we like to live with our sense of justice and what we would define it as. And so, and scripture speaks to those things, like speaks to God's justice as God is our greatest <laughs> avenger. Like it, it, it speaks very much to his, to our, not only to our depravity, but his greatness. I mean, was it the end of Job where like, He's talking to Job like, oh, were you there when like I created all these things? Like how, like kind of like, okay, you think Put you're you in your place. Yes. Which is like, rightfully so. Yes. <laughs> like we all deserve, we are all Job in those moments. And um, so, yeah, it to, to change the lens of what we, what, just what we see in scripture. Cause I know like even Nicole, I think at one point you had shown me like, I've been circling like 
all these words that we totally missed before. I don't know if Josh, you have that experience, but it's like mm-hmm. you start to see like chosen remnant, even predestined oh, is elect. in elect. I mean, it's in, we all read the ESV now. <laughs> like, You'll find reformers. <laughs> like good reformers, but even yeah. just like, uh, Jesus won't lose any that the father hasn't given, you know, given Ooh. him. And it's just like, I never saw those things before. I never mm-hmm. recognized, you know, those little tidbits of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, saying that we have no part, yeah. you know, even just thinking about the fact that we are dead in our sin, mm-hmm. like dead is a very specific word. It doesn't mean we're sick and we need a doctor. Yeah. Dead it in means, English. It also means dead in the Greek and in the, yeah, and in Hebrew. Like we are dead in, in our trespasses. And like, it is God who literally brings us to life. Yeah. which is a miracle that mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And so you, mm-hmm. it's just like the weight is so much more rich. It's just so much more rich mm-hmm. and full understanding for me, the gospel mm-hmm. in this way, because it was so, I just grew up, you know, knowing we accept Jesus in our heart, like mm-hmm. kind of like the hitch scenario where, mm-hmm. you know, he leans in. 90%. Oh, when you kiss the first yeah. kiss. Yeah. And, and you go and 90. You have to go the 10%, oh, you know? Oh, yes. And That's it's like, really, God, which is, God yeah. you know, waits for you. You have to partner with God and do your part. That's a very misconceived or misunderstood uh, verse. I think of like, you just have to knock. Yeah, yeah. You knock at the door and it's like, well, I'm pretty sure that's not a context. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty sure there's probably another podcast that has, yeah, out of context scriptures. That's definitely one of them. That's uh-huh. not how it goes. So it's not, yeah. 9010, we're not doing a hitch first no. kiss here. But I <laughs> I remember after, you know, learning and becoming reformed that I, God started convicting me mm. so much more greatly. I remember actually recognizing past sins that I did not know. Mm. I was had in my own heart and a lot of it was arrogance and pride mm. in the way I manipulated people. Mm. And, you know, I, I just had to repent for a lot. And I just realized I am, I mm. am very wicked. Like God, mm-hmm. God has saved me. And it just mm. had gave me such a different gratitude and understanding of what great exchange happened on the cross. Mm, Like I did not understand the gravity of what Jesus did. Right. So, yeah, that was, yeah, I think that was one of the big things for me to just understanding the depth and the weight of what God did for us in that act of, of, of salvation Mm -hmm. where, you know, prior <clears throat> we used to put so much responsibility on ourselves, you know, yes. obviously the idea that we, you know, you know, we chose God mm-hmm. or even the idea that um, when we're sharing the gospel with somebody that it's up to how we present it or yes. what we say, or, you, you know, we, we, we just put so much of that action into our, our own hands that, mm-hmm. you know, this, this whole idea of God's sovereignty and salvation is, uh, such an incredible, honestly, an incredible tool to keep us humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I just remember that being something that became uh, uh, something very near and dear to my heart to kind of cherish within this whole reform theology, mm-hmm. the humility that came with that. I, I remember reading uh, 
in particular, I think it was John Piper who had some great resources on desiring God. I, oh, I believe yeah. I believe they're still available. He had a whole class on the five points of Calvinism, oh, and yeah. the doctrines of grace, and mm-hmm. and I remember one particular phrase just talking about how man um, is swimming in a sea of arrogance. Mm-hmm. And and you you know unless you understand total depravity and you mm-hmm. understand God's sovereignty and salvation, you just, you don't recognize that in yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as, as you kind of learn that I'm, I'm dead in my sin, I literally have no ability to, to choose God. I have mm, no ability yeah. to, you know, you know, just not run to my sin mm-hmm. as a choice. And you learn that salvation really does have no, uh, 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 bearing on your choice, mm-hmm. you know, but that it is literally a gift of, of just absolute grace mm-hmm. from God. It's the most humbling thing. And, <clears throat> and it just, it does, it puts you in your place and mm-hmm. yeah, it changes your whole, your whole perspective. Well, and I think that's the other thing is that when you recognize the, the, incompleteness of us because it's the the already not yet we're being sanctified through Mm -hmm. our whole lives and recognizing that we are sinners by nature and choice apart from the work of jesus that we can say it is a it is a constant work it is a constant coming back to what jesus did a constant humbling that even 13 years into this journey we're still having conversations and reminding each other and Iron sharpening iron in that way of like the gift of salvation and how good God is and the richness of of redemption and and Christ's resurrecting like that is not lost on us. It it I think the the I don't want to I don't want to say charismatic version, but I think the if you have not been in the reformed camp or you have not talked deeply to a reformed person that you care about, there's a lot of misconception to seeing. And even as you're probably listening right now and maybe hearing some of this for the first time, it can seem unloving. It can seem unjust. It can seem very confusing. And granted, there are parts of it that are, but I hope that what you're really hearing from us is that it actually deepens your affection for God. It, Mm. it like Nicole said, it makes everything richer um, and sweeter. And it, I think, makes you want to seek out God more because of our understanding of that we cannot choose him, but that we are gifted this thing. And to not, there's a Christianese of like, it, it really helps you to recognize, to fall in love with the giver and not the gift. Mm-hmm. And I, um, yeah, I'm not totally, I just, I don't know. I just, keep thinking about people who may be hearing these things because I know hearing certain things, hearing sermons for the first time of this, it's like, there's definitely a tension. There's a rub. There's like a, no, no, this is, that's not my God. That's not my Jesus. Uh-huh. I said those things. No, like, that was I, me. That was yeah, me too. Like, no, yeah. that's not God. That's unloving. And yeah. it's like, well, it it's it is mostly like it's the same God, mostly. You just don't know this. Part. <laughs> you just don't, know, and and that's not meant in arrogance, and no, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't disqualify you as a saved person. Like I think that's the other thing is that if you happen to be charismatic or you don't know about Reformed theology, 
I, I would suggest you study it. Mm-hmm. I would suggest talking Even to a reformer. Even if you disagree. Yes, mm-hmm. you are allowed yeah. to disagree with this. I would yeah. I would argue you are wrong. And there are charismatics <laughs> that will argue I am wrong. Yeah. And we that's the other thing is that I think the other thing that is so important is to not just be in camps where you surround yourself <clears throat> with only people who believe only the same things. Because there are lots of types of Christians. Like we talked about, like, Protestantism was the, or Martin Luther and the 95 Theses, and that was the start of Protestantism. So we have so many different branches of Christianity from this that believe in so many different open-handed issues. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to keep those people in your life to continue to sharpen what essentially your apologetics, which is giving a defense for why you believe what you believe, because they're open-handed. They don't Mm -hmm. change your salvation status because you believe that you should baptize your children or you, if you believe in a believer's baptism, like that doesn't, that doesn't change how God views you. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm not, again, I'm not really sure where I'm going. I just want to try to make these points as I'm bringing you guys, we, as we talk about this. But it's not meant to be divisive. It's not meant to be divisive. Even though, it, you know, as you all heard, we each had our moments of like, you know, um, it mm-hmm. rubbed against our pride. Yes. It rubbed against mm-hmm. us the wrong way. And we, we, you know, felt that we had to feel that out yes. to understand what this really was. And we had to go to the scriptures for that. That and was not, and it was a lot not of our feelings. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was, it was a lot of asking questions and like, I can't yes. believe it says that there. It's right there in the Bible. Like, I can't. Okay, well, if it's there and if you believe in the, not only the inerrancy of scripture, but the sufficiency, you have to take what it says. Right. And there's a lot. It's a lot. It's heavy. It's a lot. But it's, yeah. and this is not meant to be divisive. Like, this no. is, that's why I say, like, if you've never heard of Reformed theology, I suggest you study it. You can reach out and you can ask questions to me here at the show or I, you know, any, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it and to discuss it. And, um, I'm going to leave some really great resources, um, for your further understanding of it. So I would also say the point is to fight, to be biblical. Oh yes. As Christians, we look to scripture. We do not look to our emotions. We do not look to like movements. We look to scripture and whether we agree or disagree, as long as you're fighting to be biblical, yes, Mm -hmm. that is the point. And we were talking about this a little while ago too, that, that, yeah, you know, like, like I used to think this was divisive, Mm -hmm. but one of the main reasons that we make it divisive, like you said, it rubs up against our pride. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in all honesty, um, whether you are, uh, Arminian in your, in your theology, mm-hmm. um, we can get into that definition later, yeah, but whether you're Arminian in your theology, whether you're reformed, more reformed yeah. or Calvinist or whatever you are, yeah. you know, you know, um, I think we have found over the years mm-hmm. that whichever part of the quote unquote divide that you're on, yeah. as long as you are on each side, looking to the Bible and looking for truth, mm-hmm. you yeah. will find that you have more common ground yep. than yes. you realize. Yes with these, with these people. Mm -hmm. And, and, and just because somebody has some differing theological views than you do, like, like you, you Mm -hmm. realize how much though, 
this is still my brother and sister in Christ. Yes. Yep. And we really have common ground, but because we're seeking for truth mm-hmm. um, together. Yeah, no, that's so, so good. Um, so yeah, this is, and, and I mean, we, uh, yeah, I just think if you, are, if you are hearing this for the first time and you are not a Christian, I mean, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. This is, <laughs> this is a lot. Um, but I just, I mean, as, as, as reformers, we know that regardless of what we say on this episode, we know that God is good. He is sovereign in all things. So if you are hearing this, I pray that it would, um, bless you. Any, any questions you have again, like lean into those questions. And the thing about this too, is that this, as Nicole said, this is a fight to be biblical. So this should not lead to doubt or to deconstructing because you are fighting to live biblically and be built upon the foundation of what scripture says, Mm -hmm. not to break down what you believe and rebuild it on whatever your comes to your brain or to your heart. If you're not rebuilding this on scripture, then then that's, that would be unbiblical. That would be, I pray for your, (laughs) pray for your heart in that way. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not really sure totally how to wrap all this up. Um, is there anything else that any of you guys want to share? Yeah. Um, well, total plug, Yeah. (laughs) but, um, one of the things that we've loved doing, and I know that you've loved doing Mm -hmm. as well, uh, later on in this journey is finding great resources yes um to be able to learn about these things yeah um because i mean let's face it i mean for a lot of people theology is such a um untouchable topic or they don't think that it's real you know a relevant thing yeah Yeah. um i mean there's some great books out there uh Mm -hmm. rc sproul everyone's a theologian is an incredible Mm book um there's also um avenues um uh theosu yeah, we can a do a big resource. plug for them. Yeah, so yeah. that these this is it's essentially it's like Netflix for <laughs> theology, and it was started by two people that Josh actually went to college with, mm-hmm. two brothers. They were two of you. the two of the crazy males in the dorm room arguing about theology. That you tried to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But now I look back and I think that's why they did. Yeah. Because theology is good. It matters. Theology matters. matters. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I would highly, all three of us subscribe to Theosu. It's theosu.ca. And I will put a link Mm -hmm. to their website in the show notes. So if you, and they have, I mean, overview of all the books of the Bible. They have a course on John. They have a really great course on apologetics called Defense Mm -hmm. Against the Dark Arts, which is really cool. And yes, it's like definitely the Harry Potter (laughs) class. Um, There's the uh, why I'm a Calvinist and why I'm not a Calvinist. I actually, this is why I appreciate that because they are not reformed. Yes. But they seek to be biblical and they're so wise and yes. knowledgeable. They you, There's a lot of commonality. Yes. And they also speak well of reformers. Yes. Well, besides when they make fun of them. but Or Calvinists. Yeah. Calvinists some... and reformers are a little yeah. slightly different, but yes. But they have teachers and preachers on their, what? In um, their, on their faculty. Yeah, on their faculty that they learn from and that they love and appreciate, even if they disagree. So it's kind of like a melting pot of right theology. Yes. It's really wonderful and they're a great, great resource. Yes, they don't so. divide over the 
over the secondary and tertiary issues. And they let, um, yeah, people have their different, different camps in those, but they agree on the major points and it's, they are characters. If you, yeah. <laughs> they are, they have interesting hair. If you can get past that and outfits, great. They're yeah, and outfits too. <laughs> very quote unquote trendy, trendy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. they're they're uh, it's a it's such a great resource. So I will link to those, and their Instagram is really great. They share a lot of uh, great information there and resourcing. So yeah, that's a great yeah. point, Josh. And like where you get your resourcing very much matters. Uh-huh. And I was also going to say too, um, in regards to Reformation, yeah, in regards to that too. There's yes. also um, a really great documentary. Um, I believe it's through um, American Gospel Mm -hmm. Television. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure it's available on other platforms and stuff too, but it's, but it's called Luther. And and so it actually is a very good documentary that kind of highlights how the Reformation started with him and all that stuff too. So if you're, if you're into documentaries and you want to learn more about the Reformation and about kind of what the, the, the flame that Luther Luther lit. It, it's it's a very good documentary. Also, speaking of American Gospel TV, American Gospel, yeah. the documentary. Every Christian should watch. Every Christian should watch. Drop this. everything. Watch so, it now. yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's on Amazon. It might still be on Amazon for renting, but um, anyway, that is it for us. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, really appreciate it, and. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, we will. I hope to have you both back on soon. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Happy Reformation. Happy Reformation Day. Thanks, guys. All right. How are we doing? Did you have a knee-jerk reaction to this episode? Do you agree? Are you speechless, baffled? I get it. I told you it was a lot, and if this is the first time you're hearing this, I just want to encourage you to check out the scriptures mentioned in the show notes and the ones from the show for more resources. Second to the Bible, or I should say in conjunction with, get to church if you aren't already. The church is where we are sharpened, challenged, and cared for in our questions and curiosities. And if you don't belong to a local church, I'd really love to help you find one in your area. So please reach out on Instagram or email the show at taylorasks at gmail.com. I hope you listen, pray, and read your Bible as you might consider this topic and how you view Christianity. I'm praying for continued humility for us all, and keep in mind that this ought to not be divisive. Love you. Mean it. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I hope you find joy, seek out community, lead with compassion, and that God would bring the gospel forth from this small corner of the world. Until next time, friends.